One of the biggest game changers with our finances was shifting things so we could live on one income. However, that's not always an easy thing to do. Today, I'll break down strategies and tactics that we and other couples have used to make it easier. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. If we had to identify the one habit that changed the trajectory of our finances, it's moving them in such a way that we could live with just one income. Here's the thing though. When we started out, it was basically out of practicality. When we were first married, our income was much tighter. My husband had his first post-graduation job, and I was wrapping up my final year in college. I was attending full-time, and I had a paying part-time internship. Because of the nature of the internship, we didn't know if it would be extended beyond the semester or not. We sat down and decided we needed to keep our essential expenses under his income. My income would be used for building up our financial cushion, paying off the debts we had, and yes, a little bit of fun money. At that time, it didn't seem like a big deal, but that mindset and system was a tremendous help. Over the years, we were able to hit goals like paying off our debts or saving up for a house. We were able to move to Raleigh when I got a job offer, and having our expenses covered by that job meant Rob could hunt for one that he was really happy with. When I began working for myself, we had less stress because I could reinvest what income I was making back into the business. When we became parents, I had some flexibility in adjusting my work, and yes, I took some time off too. We're grateful for those opportunities and realize how fortunate we are to have made that decision early in our marriage. But even in those circumstances, it wasn't easy. There were limits we had to put in place on our finances in certain areas. Looking back, though, we're happy we did. You may be in a situation where making this transaction would be a real benefit for you. Like us, it could be out of necessity or because of circumstances. You may have seen this year a reduction of income either because your hours have been cut or you've been laid off. It could also be a voluntary thing. When I asked our Thrivings Families Facebook members the main motivation for moving towards living off a single income, the biggest reason was having more time with the kids. And I've seen families on the path to financial independence shift their finances in a way so they use one income to take care of the general living expenses and then that second income to save and invest for other goals. So many couples and families can really benefit from this mindset and system, so I'd like to offer some help with getting started. I can't cover every scenario and situation, but for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to be focusing on getting your expenses, your essentials 
a little bit of savings, and yes, a little bit of fun money under one income. In this episode, we'll go over the process of scaling back your expenses to fit under that one income, common challenges that can come up, and some possible solutions to try out, and then the benefits of living on one income. Are you ready? Let's get started. For most couples, making the switch from depending on two incomes to one is not an overnight process. However, there is a path that you can use to make it go much smoother. And it's basically breaking it down into three steps. The first one is define the lifestyle that you want to have on the single income. Get a snapshot of where you are now. And then optimize and scale back your expenses to your desired level. So let's break each step down. Defining your single income lifestyle. Sounds pretty simple, right? But this isn't a step you want to gloss over. The key things you need to figure out is your motivation for why you're doing this. The second is what is a reasonable wage that you need to make for everything to work? where you can take care of your essentials, have a little bit of money and savings, and have a little bit of room for fun. And then finally, what is your timeline for this transition? So why am I asking you to nail down your motivation or your why? Well, this has a big part on how successful you can be. As I point out in my book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, One recurring pattern with financially successful couples is that they had a clear motivation and a plan for their finances. And recently, I asked members in our Thriving Families Facebook community who voluntarily switched over to a single income to say what was their main motivator. And by far, the biggest reason was having more time with the kids. And it's really good to nail down your motivation because it then helps you with this second step, which is taking this goal that you have, living on a single income, and really defining what that lifestyle will look like. If you want to have more time with your kids, that's great. But what are you thinking about your day-to-days? What expenses do you plan on having? Having more time with the kids may mean that you don't have to worry about daycare expenses, a huge savings, or maybe you are looking at cutting back on the hours at work, but you're still going to need some childcare. Defining these things allows you to start coming up with a number that you can work towards. And that's the second part, which is how do you figure out how much you need for the lifestyle that you're trying to go for? This isn't always so cut and dry because there's so many different factors that are going on. But one big one is where exactly are you living? What are the typical expenses for the town or state you're living in? I found a really helpful tool called Living Wage Calculator, and I'll link that in the show notes, where you could look at metropolitan areas just to get a ballpark figure of what to expect for typical expenses like housing, groceries, childcare, and so forth. Now, of course, you can always adjust this, and I'm hoping as we go further in this explanation, you'll see that you can optimize your expenses further, but this gives you a ballpark figure to work with. And then finally, let's look at that timeline. 
Again, for this episode, I'm hoping that we're doing this voluntarily, that you have a plan to wind down towards this. So what's the schedule you're going for? Are you hoping to make this transition in a year, two years, three years? While I don't want you to drag this out, coming up with a reasonable timeline can allow you to slowly step down your expenses, which makes it less stressful on everyone. Okay, now we're on to the second part, which is getting a snapshot of where you are now. How close or how far are you from that target expense number that you're looking at? Now, if you don't already have the numbers in front of you, here's where I'm going to suggest getting out a spreadsheet or grabbing one of the money apps that I usually suggest on a show, such as Mint Personal Capital or Tiller, to grab all of that quickly. Some couples may see that they're not too far off from their goal, especially if they're looking at cutting out daycare completely. They may only need to make relatively small adjustments. Or you may see that it's a bigger gap than you imagine. Don't panic. Again, we can always revise that timeline. But knowing exactly where you are now can allow us to come up with a realistic plan to getting you to your goal. So now we're on the meat, which is optimizing and scaling back your expenses. Now, if you signed up for the 5 Days to 5K course, then you're familiar with this. Your goal here is to look for ways to find, save, and make extra money to get you financially ready to live on one income. And I want to start off with that last piece, earn more. Isn't this episode about living on one income? Yes, that's the goal. But even if you plan on living solely on one income, I've noticed that most families needed to get a bump in their savings to make this transition or knock out some high interest debt before they made the leap. And this doesn't mean that you have to work a side hustle or side job. Those are options. It may be something like selling your unnecessary items around the house, online, or through your community with yard sales and getting that extra cash into your savings or paying down that debt. And then with scaling back expenses, there are typically four that can make or break a family's plan to shifting to one income. They're housing, food, cars, and high interest debt. And we'll get into housing and debt a bit more when we go over some of the challenges that can come up. But I do want to point out how important it is to get your housing under control. When we were first married, this was one of those big decisions we did have to make. We had a choice of getting an apartment that was fantastic location for both work and school, but it was more expensive and we would have to depend on both of our incomes for that. The other one was, I'll kindly call it a shabby chic apartment. It was across the street from the Chesapeake Bay, slightly longer commute, but the rent was well within our budget. We ended up going with the cheaper apartment and honestly, we enjoyed it. It wasn't the fanciest place, but it turned out to be a real benefit to us. By not being centrally located with shops and restaurants within walking distance, it kept us from overspending in our budget. 
And don't get us wrong, we weren't completely out in the boonies. Actually, there were a couple mom and pop places that we would visit in our old neighborhood, but they were much cheaper than the popular chains that were at the other apartment. But by focusing on the big expenses, like housing, we were able to have more money put towards the things that we're really excited about and really matter to us. Now let's talk about food. I will say that this is one of our bigger expenses, even after optimizing. And the reason is we enjoy having a good time and food is a part of it. But we've learned to adapt the principles of being frugal foodies. A big part of this meant stepping up our cooking game. And it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to be a chef. I do have some great resources on essential meals that you can learn and use and rotate into your menu that will save you a ton of money. Meal planning and being more aware of how to use the ingredients we have in the pantry and the fridge has cut down our expenses considerably. But we don't go just for cheap food. We look to see what produce is in season so we can get it fresh and get it on sale. I will not tell you not to go out to eat. I know now we're being extra cautious and trying to social distance ourselves properly, but you can still go to some of your favorite restaurants and take out. Just be more aware of when you're doing it and making sure that you know when the happy hour or special deals are available. Let's talk about cars. If you are carrying car loans and have payments, this can be a significant drain on your budget. Are there ways for you to better optimize your transportation? If you're both working from home, could you find a way to sell the second car or downsize to something more affordable? Besides getting out of a car loan, you might also save some money on insurance. Again, go ahead and run the numbers and see if this could be a significant win for you. Now, yes, you can go through every single expense and see if there are ways that you can cut back and save. But in terms of time and energy, I want you to focus on those bigger expenses. If you can save on your housing, if you can cut back on groceries and food, transportation, and we'll talk a little bit later, knocking out that debt. Those are big wins that can allow you to have a little more freedom with some of your other expenses. I don't want you stressing out over the smaller things. Based on your timeline, go at the speed that makes the most sense to you and then focus on one of those expenses at the same time. Many couples find it easier to stick with the plan when they focus on one thing at a time, see a win from it, and then moving on to the next expense. You can always go back and optimize again, but focus one step at a time. This will hopefully make the transition easier and more sustainable. I wish every couple and family can make this transition go smoothly, but the reality is there could be some really big challenges on the way. And here are the three biggest ones I've seen and some ideas on how you can tackle them. The first one is debt is making it impossible to shift down to one income. If you're carrying debt, especially high interest debt, it can quickly empty out your paychecks. So do me a favor, add up all your monthly payments for your credit cards, medical bills, car, and student loans. In many cases, couple C's, if they didn't have those debts, they'd actually be able to switch to one income right now. That doesn't mean, though, that you have to wait until all your debt is paid off. 
the main ones I'd focus on are your high interest credit cards and car loan if you have them. So set up a plan to knock out your high interest debts first. Then look at the numbers again. Are you now in the position to get your expenses under that one income? Having a strategic plan of paying off the high interest debts before you make the leap can make it much less stressful. The second one is living in a high cost of living area. Now here's where I'm gonna have to shine a spotlight on others. We live in the Raleigh, North Carolina area and while housing costs are rising quickly, we were able to buy a house at a great price and have an affordable mortgage. Again, part of it was due to already having that transition, so we were able to put a bigger down payment. Here's where I'm going to turn the spotlight on others. I did an episode earlier this year that was just focusing on getting the best price on your rent. I'm gonna include that in the show notes. So you can see the strategies on when's the best time to renegotiate, how you can win over the property manager, and finding the right apartment for your budget. I also want to highlight a really thorough and helpful post from David at City Frugal. He's lived in cities like San Francisco and New York, so he has experience under his belt about finding a great deal in an expensive city. His more recent post breaks down not how to find a particular apartment, but how to find an apartment type that fits your budget and your goals. It's a long read, so I'm, again, going to put that in the show notes. But I also want to point out that he and others that live in these bigger cities show that there are also incredible advantages. Tony from Debt Free Divas lives in Chicago, and I've had her on a few times to talk about the different ways that she's been able to keep her family, including two young kids, entertain on the cheap. And also many others have talked about museums, cultural opportunities, festivals that are available in bigger cities. So while your housing, if you live in a higher cost of living area, might be more than the typical 30%, there are other ways you can optimize the other expenses and still keep it under one income. It's going to take more effort for sure, but it is definitely worth it and it is possible. And then finally, let's talk about health issues can hamper your plan to switch over to one income. And with many couples that reach out to me or just talking within the community, you would like to live on one income or have a plan that you could live on one income because you have chronic health issues and your second income is sporadic. At the same time, if you quit, how do you afford the health care? I wanna point you in the direction of our open enrollment series making sure that you're maximizing the benefits that are available to you, making sure that you have a health plan that is affordable and covers what you particularly need is a real financial win. You don't wanna overpay on your insurance and at the same time, you don't want to be undercovered. So it is sometimes a bit of a bore to go through the paperwork, but really run the numbers, see what you have been using for the last few years, and make sure that the plan you sign up for makes the most sense for you. I hope these tips help you with making the leap. This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you want to live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got from preparing this episode. 
The first is be clear on your motivation, goal, and timeline. The better you define these, the easier it is to make the transition. You'll be in a better position to know which expenses to cut back first or even eliminate. And you can find ways to shore up your savings before you make this leap. The second one is take it bit by bit. I know that there are going to be circumstances with some families where you have to make the transition as soon as possible because there is already a reduction in income. But if you're doing this voluntarily, you don't have to rush this. Approaching it bit by bit allows your family to adjust to the new finances and hopefully it makes it easier to stick with a plan. And then finally, if you're going to have that second income, make sure that you have a plan for it. Even if you don't need it to survive, you do want to use that money wisely. For example, you can pay down your debts, build up some savings for a specific goal, or if you want to save and invest it for long-term goals, then you know that money is right there for you. This is definitely a topic that we can go more into And if you're thinking about making the transition, come chat with me. You can join us in the Thriving Facebook community. We're a fun and supportive group. We swap ideas, questions, stories, advice. And we try to help one another out with our family and financial goals. You can just head over to couplemoney.com slash FB. We'd love to see you there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to work on staying on top of your money and start taking the steps to make this transition to living on one income, I'll have the resources in the show notes, including my free class called Five Days to 5K, where it takes you step by step on how to reduce your expenses with your bills, save more, and then earn some more money on the side. You can sign up to get these tips sent straight over to you at couplemoney.com slash 5k. Next week on the podcast, we're addressing another question that comes up when we're discussing money in marriage, which is how are we going to take care of our parents? We'll go over how to communicate with your parents on their wishes and make sure that everyone in the family is on the same page. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss out on that episode. We're on iTunes, Radio Public, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme song is from Gentle Regime, additional music by Lee Rosevere, and artists from Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you not only listening, but sharing your favorite episodes with friends, sending in questions for future episodes, and then just chatting with me on social media or in our Facebook group on what you're tackling together. I hope you have a wonderful week.